Normally, um, I'm, a, I'm fond of just like starting our first song without us saying anything, and we just go right in. But um, we're going to do something we've never done before. We're going to open the show with a song we've never, ever performed before. It's a debut. And yeah, it goes along with the fact that we've never performed in Vancouver. So let's have some fun. All right, let's give it a shot. <laughs> Derek Greger are a contemporary musical theater songwriting team. And when I say team, I mean a team which was on full display last night at a concert of their material here at Vancouver's XY Lounge on Davie. Their rapport is like a duet itself, with quippy, sometimes one-sided banter passing between them like verses of a well-crafted song. With Derek at the piano and Sam often on the MC mic, they invited up many well-known Vancouver performers to come up and sing a selection of their songs. Often the intro would include a lovely story about the song's creation, or an amusing anecdote about a typical New York City networking party. The evening was a success, sounded great, and the appreciative laughter and applause was testament to the talent of these two men. I won't say much about them right now, because I want you to hear from the team themselves. Sam and Derek have been kind enough to join me today in studio on From the Pit. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Happy Thanks to be here. In. It was a fantastic concert last night. Um, I think people really loved it. It was it was lovely to hear the laughter, and I didn't I I knew your material mostly from the ballads that I had heard before, but to hear the humorous songs, the 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 funny comedy tunes, I had no idea how dirty and awesome they were. All at the same time. <laughs> Dirty and awesome. Yeah. Sam, you should explain yourself for that. Sam's the words. Um, it, doing live shows, it's always great to have comedy in there. You know, I, I, as the composer, I think I'm a lot of times more drawn to the more melodic, you know, ballad stuff, as a lot of composers are. But when you're in just a live room and you can get a room kind of electric with laughter and keep them stay one step ahead of them with with the comedy stuff it's always it's always a delight oh for sure Brad. and you know one of the things that i think we came together over was an interest in creating comic songs that had a real emotional underbelly mm. and uh i think derek is able to find often a uh, a lush and a lush and melodic musical framework to to provide the to give to give the comic material more drive and interest and and heart and heart yeah yeah like because i can throw away the like some, sometimes there's there's moments where the music is entirely in the back seat and it's just about the words and i just don't want to be too um too much in the focus and there's moments of that but there's also moments in those very comedy songs when you know there's a melody that's kind of like you do want to hear it and it's mm. and it's and it's kind of 
it's got like a harmonic progression that's kind of warm and, and kind of cool and poppy and kind of fun. And then, and it does kind of add the heart. So like in sing, but don't tell, I think that's a good example. So that's one where the singer is in love with his or her accompanist. And it just like, once it really gets going and she's into what she's feeling, it's like, I did, I could have been like, oompa, oompa, but I, I didn't, I didn't go there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but then there's other moments when I do go, oompa, oompa, when I just <laughs> want to be totally out of the way and it's just words on top of chords. Right. Well, it <clears throat> certainly showed from all your material last night. You could, you could tell that, uh, it's an eclectic difference between rhythm and melody and there, and it all blended amazingly in different songs. And I think we we tried to get together on the dramaturgy of the Mm. song and what really is the, what's going on emotionally in this song. And whether it's a comic song or a ballad, there's always going to be a blend of emotion and intellect Mm. and, um, and the, and I think that there, there's going to be comedy um, in a way, at least a kind of irony in every emotional song and there's going to be ideally a lot of heart and yearning for something those dramatic stakes that we want in every song in a comic song right um i appreciate you thank you for jumping right into the the composition because it's what i wanted to talk a lot about but um just to help some of the for some background for people that maybe don't know you very well can you tell me a little bit about how you met I sure. think I read somewhere it was uh, at New York University. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. J date. J date. <laughs> no. How did, it went well then. We don't say so. that anymore. No, we met on a, and we're not in a couple. I don't, I don't want that to be mis. Because right. <laughs> everybody, everybody assumes that we are because we're just like two guys going or traveling around together writing musicals. Um, <laughs> but uh, we met in in graduate school mm. at the NYU Tisch graduate musical theater writing program, which right. is an absolutely fantastic program where there's a lot of amazing um, teachers and adjunct professors and talented writers and great, yeah. it's really a great um, nurturing little bubble. That yeah. I, I definitely attribute a lot of my traction to, to what I, what I got out of that program. Right. When I was there, I was miserable because I couldn't freaking write any of the songs oh. and I was kind of behind and miserable the whole time until, but once, once the thesis kind of kicked in, um, it was really fun for me, but, but, um, and then that's when I hit really hit my stride. But, but in hindsight, I look at it and I'm like, Oh my goodness, that was like such a cool thing. So if I ever meet a young writer who's just kind of like wondering where to even get started, cause you're looking at like, you show up in New York city, it's just like, what the heck do I do? Like, mm. so that's one of the things that I think Sam and I always just kind of, mention right the graduate new york the nyu graduate musical theater writing program and did did somebody put you two together or was this something that you found each other it's kind of can i um continue uh don't worry he'll talk plenty (laughs) he'll talk plenty uh it's a two-year program the first year uh is really really uh, fantastic it's like a speed dating round different composers write with lyricists, you keep swapping each week. So write a song about a photo, write a song about taking a scene from a movie and musicalizing it, write an opening number, write this or that. And it keeps switching around. And we got, Sam and I got paired together uh, for the one of the biggest assignments at the end of the year, which was 
to write a one-act musical. That was just by chance that we happened to be paired for something that wasn't one of these one one week things. It was it was really what was it four weeks? Yeah, four week twenty and minute musical. So we had a chance to really discover some chemistry and a sound uh, and, and an approach, and and then that you know that really turned out. It was exciting for us. And then at, for the second year, you you do pick a collaborator mm. and hopefully they pick you back <laughs> right. and then you spend the entire year just writing one piece, which is the thesis. So right. for me, uh, the one, especially at the time, this is a while ago now I'm, I'm better, but, but back in the day writing a song and then doing it in a week and which is really less than that. Cause you may not start it until a day or two later and then you have to like get it notated and you have to get a singer to be able to sing it. So it really comes down to, it's a really compressed mm. process. And I, I was kind of just like not, I'm more about hitting my stride and really getting into like the layers and being able to really edit. Um, and that's what that longer assignment allowed us to do. Mm. And then definitely the thesis, which was spending a whole year writing one musical. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that was great. And that's, we ended up with a show called Unlocked. Oh yeah, and that's a show that we're still uh, that's still moving forward. We had a production in New York City in 2013, off Broadway production on 42nd Street, which was cool. a really huge step for us. So we're going to be doing it in Houston in 2018. So nice, and I know that's where the hair song came from, right? That's that we right. Heard yeah. Last last night, right? What's it based on? An 18th century. Um, what's the what's a quick synopsis of the story? It's it's based on an 18th century poem by alexander pope called the rape of the lock right um which is one of the most famous poems of the 18th century of which no poems are famous or from which no <laughs> poems are famous that's true but um it's um in our adaptation it's really a kind of um coming of age story about uh four young people in 18th century england and and i, I like to I like to say it's it's a Midsummer Night's Dream meets Mean Girls, <laughs> yeah. and it's kind of a Baroque classical pop fusion score Amazing. about this um, really centering on these these two sisters, uh, one of whom grows up kind of in a bubble and afraid to take any definitive step in her life because she's sort of she's prized for the qualities of innocence and uh, naivete and is afraid to challenge that. And her sister is sort of tired of living in living under her shadow mm. and tries to get her to, well, in the, in the show tries to get her married off so that she, she can get some attention for herself. Uh. But it ends up really being about, um, really being about, um, innocence and experience and and um, what it means to embrace uncertainty in one's life right and so this this ended up being what the, the the project that you had done together at the end of nyu now was that a full musical or one act or was it all full musical, full musical? wow and it worked out well so it seems to be going yeah. and you've obviously changed or workshopped it a few times and changed it a bit yeah know? we had we had a round at the new york musical theater festival oh, right. a couple of years before the the off-broadway production yeah. and um yeah and, and you know as derek said it's it was it was um the nice thing about working together on the on the one act was that we were really really able to find a voice together mm -hmm. and that's something that then continued with unlocked and and finding all of those layers hmm. Great. It's um, 
the what's 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 um, exciting about the first year at NYU is you is you just have to create material and idea after idea after idea, but they're not always rich ideas. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're facile. That's what the the system requires, and it kind of gets you sharp mm, in right. a way. But then with the second year working on a full-length show, you really get to dig down deep, which is really, I think, the thing that we always love in musicals anyway. Of course. Yeah, Do you want to come in? I'll make us some tea. And I'm looking at her And she's staring at me And it's love at first sight And I bet that tonight We'll give some wall loving to 4C Oh yeah, we'll give some wall loving to 4C We'll give some wall loving She'll bop, I'll bop We get some sweet wall loving to achieve It gives everyone a lift all of it's a gift, even better to give than receive. She bop, she bop. You know, some people start by writing a show, or some people start by doing cabaret material or doing that sort of writing. But obviously, this NYU first year had you putting out songs and and firing them out, and they ended up being obviously independent songs, cabaret type material. Is that sort of the focus? How does it usually work there? It's really the other way around. I mean, okay. for, for well. No, you're you're right that the first year is just you work with all the different writers and you right. come up with um, you you write a song for a different scenario, but most of those songs are never heard from again. Right. Um, in in our case, we really we wrote this show the second year, and as our collaboration solidified, we then went on to write some standalone songs. After that time, right? After the, the that, whole the whole kind of YouTube phenomenon was really kicking in, and there's a wave of. There was a wave of, of of new writers being able to have that platform. It's really amazing. We, yeah. we we really were were lucky that um, that we were kind of coming out of school at a time where new writers that didn't have a Broadway show were able to have a platform. And what, you know, you get a um, a great Broadway singer or even just any great singer record the song, put it on YouTube. People start seeing it. It starts through the algorithm. It starts to link to other people who are doing that. And then all of a sudden it starts linking to their Broadway, you know, singing stuff from their shows. And then people, you know, say, oh, I want to buy that sheet music. And, and God bless the the, the uh, college students and high school students who are interested in that stuff. Because that's really, they, they just give you a whole career. And we basically built... Uh, an existence where we can like where our songs are happening every single day mm. oh, like someone somewhere is is either auditioning with one of our songs or they're going to perform it tonight and it's amazing and then and then we take that and we can leverage that and get the attention of producers and right. kind of get into the, the the big boy kind of scene as well but the um, I guess the point is that we when we came out of school we had this one we had unlocked and we we're trying to figure out what to do with that and we had some producers and, and it was moving kind of i think of that as like it's like moving a boulder you like you get a whole bunch of people that are awesome and they lift it and they move it and they plop it down and then it can sit there for another year or two and then they lift it again whether it's with an award or whether it's with whatever kind of moves it and then and then it's stuck but the standalone songs is just like we just write it put it on youtube talk about it, you know, be active on our social media, try and network with 
performers and then it's just like it gets out there and it's like mm. it's, it's super um you can be really agile like that it also i mean it's it it costs even even uh an off off broadway production is going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. and but to but to first of all to write and then to um to put up a a 4 minute song and we we I think those standalone songs we think of as sort of 4 minute musicals yeah, yeah with their own path their own character path and conclusion um that can be done for next to nothing and with the youtube platform we can we can create and put out a song um and an you know a complete dr- dramatic experience mm-hmm. quite quite easily people tell me i give too much information but it's sometimes a compulsion i can't fight and i wish that they were open to my openness and really i feel sorry they're so close off and uptight like this one guy i was going down on in the bathroom of a reba reba over on 51st and 9th which i probably shouldn't be telling you about because i like to pretend i'm a virgin when i meet new guys but i mean hello freshman year all aboard <laughs> well who are we kidding i mean that was pretty much all of college <laughs> but i've been a virgin for the last five months I guess that's kind of embarrassing too. Oh my God, why am I telling you all this? Oh, it's what we were talking about. So right, this hot guy I was going down on must have had some kind of fear of intimacy because he got all like that is not something I wanted to know. When I told him I was glad I'd waxed my lip the night before a smoother ride. God, here I go again. I'm talking and I'm talking and I know, I know it's way too much I'm sharing now. And really, why shouldn't we all be open books? Yep, it's TMI. Oh my God, everyone is staring now. I know we'll change the subject. We'll be fine. Kate Blanchett is underrated. I know now to never peel the labels off any of my antifungals. And that's when I knew I should never raise llamas. My brother has a really big penis, but I mean, no, thank you. <laughs> there, um, we, did, we do this conference in Vancouver called the In Tune Conference, which was started about five years ago, which is for musical theater and bringing people in. And John Michael Ashusa came in and did a talk one day. And we asked lots of questions. And one of his sort of overriding messages was to try not to aim for Broadway for your shows all the time he said it's like a machine it has its things and it's not always very rewarding if you get you know especially his experience you know on what's happening there but he said go for the regional stuff go for the stuff that's local uh, you'll get a huge reward out of it putting it somewhere where it's large and i think it seems to be an example at least with your material of songs that seems to have worked in a way like that where it's it's regional but it's all across the country it's all across the world as well, opposed you, to just Broadway. yeah and you get the sense you actually are connecting with people mm-hmm. um all around yeah, all around the country all around the world mm-hmm. and and the stuff is is alive can i ask you a little bit of a technical question about your process of writing i'm sure you get this a lot but it's always fascinating people to know how does it start how what's the room like when you're writing are you together apart yeah we're, we're we we're usually together at least for figuring out what our ultimate goal with the material we're writing right. is um we don't usually just sit down and say hey let's write a song um i think we're we just have probably too much on our plate to to do that so it's it's usually 
um, it's usually spearheaded by a goal, um, whether that's so-and-so needs a song for their act, what do we, we need to write something in their range that's in a specific style for them, or um, we're, we have this show and we have this spot where we need a song. We need to probably get these characters from point A to point B, or sometimes, I mean, occasionally it's, we have 15 minutes in this show without a song. Where are we going to put one? <laughs> right. What's it going to, what work is it going to do? Right. What styles have we already explored in this show? What's going to be, um, what's going to be a variation and, and new within the show, but still consistent with what we have. And that's sort of the, the genius how that happens. So when it is writing, do you, do you write the book also? Or is that part of your duties or do you both do that? You said you both do some of the dramaturgy on the, on the, we, we always, we, we don't yeah. like to get, let the dramaturgy get too far ahead of any of the mm -hmm. parts of the show. But, um, I, I do do the book for at least you know, probably two thirds of the projects right. we're working on. And then we work with outside book writers as well. Right. And so when it comes to the writing, the material, do the lyrics, do you, do you both come up with ideas and then put them together sometimes back and forth or is yeah. it always lyrics? No, yeah, we get in each other's territory a lot. I'll say a lot about lyrics and whether it's just general concepts or specific hook lines mm -hmm. and he'll have a lot to say about, about melody and, and rhythm. I mean, I think it's hard to separate the two. I mean, mm -hmm. lyrics, it is rhythm. I mean, right, there, are, there are times in certain songs where I literally have him enter the rhythm in the computer uh, if, if I know that that's just like what he's going to want. So, and he, he's proficient in the, the notation programs and stuff. So, so he'll, and also then I just don't have to do that, which is fun. <laughs> I do less of that because he starts to get grumpy, but, um, but, he, but he just has freedom. I say, put it in, he'll write all the melody on one note. And you have the exact rhythm that he hears. So it just, it saves us time. Mm -hmm. And then I will still possibly adjust it. And sometimes I do that on my own. Sometimes it's a conversation. And as the melody starts to take its shape, it'll, it'll affect other things. But, but yeah, we get in each other's, in each other's uh, kind of side of things a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, we, we, we meet five or six days a week. We talk seven days a week. We usually have a session where we're, you know, if we're, if we're writing, we start off together, but then we go off on our own and, and have time to kind of work out some more details. And then we come back. It's very, it's very, and sometimes it's music first, sometimes it's lyrics first. A lot of times it's both within the same song. Mm -hmm. And it just depends on the, on the nature of, of the song and the part of the song. There was a time when I think a lot of the bridges were words first because mm -hmm. it would be like that there was there's a lot of songs of ours where the it's a little more pattery in the bridge mm -hmm. but that's not always the case but but yeah a lot of um i mean a lot of i think of a lot of lyric writing is for me starts with a lot of list making mm. and then finding the finding the organization in that so um it's it's very important to me at at the outset to know from Derek, okay, well, what ideas do you have? What, what, um, what are, what are some examples that you, that you would come up with that, that, that fall into this overall idea and, and what's really compelling to you? What, what excites you about the idea in this song? And then that will help generate the list and then 
then then is looking at that and figuring out, okay, well, how is this, how is this actually going to be structured? Mm -hmm. Um, often around with, with musical ideas that, that, um, he's come up with and, and in turn, he'll play me a bunch of musical concepts, even, I mean, four bar phrases sometimes and mm -hmm. say, is there, is there anything here? Does this feel like the, the, the tone of the song that, that we're trying to write? And right. yeah. Um, mentioning that you write sort of in rhythm when you start to actually get down and writing some of the lyrics is it do you always hear rhythm in it or do you free it first and then kind of apply a rhythm to it later i don't get very far i don't get very far if i don't have a rhythm in mind okay um i'll i'll again i can make a list i can or i can make phrases without a specific rhythm in mind, but it's actually really hard for me to, to go very far if I don't have a sense of, because rhythm is also, rhythm is emphasis. Mm -hmm. Rhythm is those moments of, um, well, yeah, the rhythm and rhyme is what, what tell, what points the listener to, this is what's important. This is, this is where we're, this is where we're arriving. Mm. Not necessarily an ultimate arrival, but this is a, this is the, the joke. This is the, the point. This is um, the. This is where things sort of coalesce, and so that's a big part of the meaning of a song. Mm -hmm. uh, you can, I mean, you can write, you can write a song with the same, um, with the same. Um, what's the term I want? Uh, sorry. Um, you can write. You can write two songs with the same literal meaning, but they'll have very different emotional meanings mm. if the rhythms are. Are different. That's that's fascinating to hear. Do do you both write off um, the hook? Do you work off that a lot too? Is that something that you you'll find the genus or the the center of the idea and write from that? I know it's a, like highly technical thing. Usually, but, yeah. usually, I mean, I think often will often will have a hook in mind very early on. Yeah. Now, sometimes we'll have a few different hooks in mind, and we'll say, okay, well, one of these is sort of the the hook for the bridge. Right. And one of these is the hook for the, the chorus. Gotcha. Right. Um, and figuring out which is which is just a, something you kind of do by feel. Well, how much, how much do you really want to hear that repeated? How funny is, is it still funny if you hear it three times, you know, right. or is it really only funny once? You know? <laughs> That's great. And do you, and as a pianist, um, do you ever work from a groove side? Do you ever just come up with grooves and go, you know, this is something I really like and pass yeah. it on? Is that? I mean, I used to, right. I, I've made a change because Sam got on me about it, but my, I used to come entirely with rhythms and chords, which evoked a feeling and the melody was like secondary. Cause I knew I could find it whenever. And I would be like, so I'd say I have a new song and then I would just play like, the the piano hook mm -hmm. and what would be often ending up very similar to what the accompaniment would turn out to be later and and he'd be like yeah i don't hear the tune so i i but i can write a tune that's just like with one finger that you just like is very clear what that tune is so i do that more because he kind of wants that because he's but i i i like to just if I just sit down and I find a cool chord progression that's moving chords at the right time and has the right feel and the right voicings, mm -hmm. I already know what the color of the song is, mm -hmm. and that's the hardest thing for me to do, or the most uh, the biggest part of my thing is that I know. So if we're looking at a brand new, um, if we're looking, so we're starting several brand new shows, but we're starting one particular the, the mouse one. 
So if we're starting a brand new show, I'm thinking about what is the sound of this world and what are the sounds of these characters? I don't need to be like, do, 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 you know, like mm -hmm. that's not the sound of, of, of a character. I, I want be a great song though. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I, I want to know what, what's the size, how do the chords change? What are the, what's the vocabulary of the harmonic stuff? That's to me, like, that's what this character mm -hmm. is. And this is how it relates into the world. And then when it expands to the community, singing that melody later, then I can go there with it. And it might not be like the actual tune in place. Cause I don't know what the words are. I like to like leave room for that. Mm -hmm. So, and then, and then in the end it will like take shape. So I used to come in with that really abstract take and Sam would get on me about it. And then I had to just be like, all right, if you want a tune, cause then he started accusing me of not writing tunes. I'm like, well, then when they're done, they're done. They, 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 they have it, but I just look at colors. Well, sometimes it's also, I think it implied something different to Derek than it implied, or I didn't hear what he was hearing. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just glad that we have that little tune he just sang yeah. recorded because I want to be able to access that in the future because I think we might have to use that. <laughs> it's already do, 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 do. Yeah. It's good. It's so really easy. good. It's really and good. I just did that right now. Yeah. Well done. Well I done. can do so many of those. <laughs> do, 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 do. That's so totally new. Do. Getting caught up in the moment Leave so little when it's done I know those moments when you must have been so On the same sort of note is, uh, do you do you either have a formal music training at all? I mean, besides uh, at NYU or when you took there? Well, I, I took a lot of um, music theory and music history in college, though right. I'm, I have no keyboard skills to speak <laughs> of. But um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I took voice leading and and I mean I took piano as a kid and and um, yeah, fair amount of fair amount of theory and, and mm -hmm. musicology, music history. That comes in handy when we're writing group numbers that have a lot of like. We'll be like, oh, well, this person sings a melody here. Then these two people are going to answer in harmony. And then this other person is going to join deeper into the phrase with like a response and hold a note over. So he, Sam, is able to understand from a musical perspective how that can all happen. So it allows there to be like a certain complexity for big kind of extended musical sequences that it's not all on me. Mm. It's not like he's clueless and just has words and then I have to like put it together. We can do that together. Right. And he'll understand like what of people singing in thirds, you know, really means and like how that, what, when in the phrase that might make sense and what, and, and what that, and so yeah, we're kind of together in that sense because of his theory, his theory knowledge. Mm -hmm. And the short answer for me is like, yeah, I, I took piano and violin when I was a you know, young, I started piano when I was about five, took a break for high school, kind of went off and discovered other stuff from music, and then ended up at this liberal arts college where everybody, like more so the students and the teachers, everybody was like, oh, you want to write music? Yeah, you should write, write it. That's great. And we'll listen to it. It was like all these kind of hippie, hippie 
classmates who were just like everything you wanted to do like was just like amazing and i was horrible at the time i had no <laughs> i had no idea what i was doing yeah. and uh, i had some cool like melodic ideas but i was just like i hadn't done a lot of music through high school which mm -hmm. is which is a, which was a big time for developing you know when you're when you're coming um going into college mm -hmm. and uh and then and then i i majored in music in in college and undergrad cool and which uh, which college did you go did you go to? I went to Skidmore College Skidmore in upstate College. New York. Oh, cool. Um, I always find it fascinating that question because uh, I find it quite evenly split among composers. How many people have you know formal music training to training that they don't have, but equally the same success on both sides. And I find that amazing. People's process can be so different. And, and I mean, right. Derek's. Derek's musical style. I mean, he can he can pretty much write in any style, but the the the, um, the the kind of the voice that that I think is most quintessentially his um, doesn't necessarily conform to a, a lot of the most classic kind of voice leading um, mm -hmm. principles. So um, I've learned a lot by looking at looking at the the scores and the way he constructs harmonies and, and like big open, open fifths and, mm. and sometimes moving them parallel, parallel fifths, and, yeah. fifths, which is yeah, kind of a rule illegal. So, <laughs> I think it's the first rule that gets broken. They were like, never do parallel motion. I see it. Yeah. But you see it in a lot of modern music all the time now. Well, sometimes those things you know? just cut through in such a, totally. And it's like, so yeah, I look at this score and I say, well, what if we added a third? No, it, 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 that makes it, it makes it feel small. It does. Yeah. And I think in some ways, a lot of that older, that I should say older voice leading, um, tended to do with music that was from a different style. But now with rock singers and pop singers, those girls and guys are so close to each other now. Like, you know, where they're singing, he's so high and she's kind of in her like middle range. You have to make that work somehow harmonically. This doesn't work the way it used to, you know. So I think that you have to come up with new rules to make that work. Some of the harmonies I loved were in the, um, uh, the two, the guy duet mm -hmm. that you did. Um, what's the official title of the song? It's called Man Crush. Man Crush, right? Good. It's fantastic. I love those harmonies because they just they sit right in that pocket, and they don't feel um, like overdone. They just feel like in the right space. So I really appreciated it. So that's awesome. We really we really enjoy writing male duets for. For whatever reason, I think that's it's yeah. it's hard to um, they're not the most um, uh, what am I trying to say in terms of the in terms of getting them out into the world um, there there are fewer occasions for for people to do them mm -hmm. uh, but we really enjoy it. Sometimes it's nice to put the apple cart ahead, and you know maybe more people mm -hmm. will sing things if they know that they're available. Yeah. <clears throat> it's good for me. It means it's great. There's more material to do. Um, how did how did you learn to write lyrics? Was it something that you had always done when you were younger? Yeah. Um, I mean, I wrote, I wrote songs from as, as a, as a kid, uh, I wrote my first musical actually at 13, um, growing up in, in Maine, uh, the children's theater of Maine had a young playwrights contest. And I had written this story, this long story, like 10 or 11, and it, I had written songs into it for for some reason, um, and actually, my my when the Children's Theater of Maine had this young playwrights contest, my dad suggested that I turn this story into a musical, mm. and so I did, not knowing any better, and and Amazing. ended up ended up winning the the contest, having this production in in Portland, Maine, mm. and yeah, I've been writing. I mean, so I started out writing tunes and 
lyrics. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would really say music and lyrics. I wasn't writing really accompaniments. Um, right. But, but songs and, um, and yeah, continued, continued ever since. Amazing. I studied a lot of poetry in college, which certainly has come in useful in its way. Sure. Of course, lyric is, I mean, lyric is very different from poetry and in a lyric poetry, you can go, you almost want to be able to go back over and have a kind of regressive experience of it. Mm. Whereas lyric, a lyric has to be experienced in real time. Right. Now you can listen to it again and gather more layers, but you have to get what the core of what's being expressed is mm -hmm. in real time. So that's the, yeah, that's the, the biggest difference to me. For sure. And, and Sondheim always says that obviously form follows content. And I think for poetry, a lot of time, the form is part of the point. You know, you have to keep it within this sort of construct and that keeps you sort of focused. But in this way, it's kind of the other way around. And I think that helps. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and have you always written music? You mentioned that you, in college, obviously people were like, yeah, write what do you want? Or... Yeah. Ever since I was, when I was five, I really started discovering pianos. I couldn't walk into a room without like, like touching it or even just looking at it. And I was writing really bad Mozart imitations. I was like obsessed with, I saw in the movie Amadeus and ah. when I was young, that was, came out I think in 84. Yeah. And so, um, I, uh, when that happened, I was like really obsessed, but even before that I was, I was playing pianos and writing tunes and I started taking, I was taking piano and violin lessons and I excelled with those. And then when I got to high school, I went to this, this boarding school that was like really all about athletics and academics. And now it's actually got a really promising arts program. I'm really excited about where it is now. But when I was there, it was like, I played three sports and and worked on my schoolwork and there wasn't a lot of time. And I would go away to the, to the piano rooms occasionally and just play and felt like, what am I doing? Like why it was like this weird, I felt like I was doing something wrong mm -hmm. and nobody there said anything like that. It wasn't their fault. It was probably all in my imagination, mm -hmm. but yeah. And then I, and then I ended up at Skidmore and then I was just like, I was so raw. I didn't know my theory. I hadn't really played much. Mm -hmm but I had always kind of like still tinkered with tunes right. and some of my best melodies to this day were kind of like born out of that time of my freshman and sophomore year of college. So it's like, I was like, there was a spirit there. There was like an instinct that was there. Mm. Like the finale of our show unlocked, which is our thesis in grad school. And the one that we're doing in Houston next year, that melody came out of like my freshman year of, of college when mm. you just playing, I had no idea what it, what it, what it was. It was just raw, just playing music. Um, and then in college, I, I had to like play catch up. I had to learn my theory. I took, I, t I majored in music and was always kind of a little behind all my classmates because they had, they had all been very serious about music all through, all through high school. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, but I was always writing. And, and I don't know, I think may, I, this is a little controversial. This is really just about, for me, it's not something I'm going to say is in general is the case, cause it can be, I'll get attacked for this, but I think the rawness is useful and sometimes people are just too facile mm -hmm. and it gets in the way and it takes, it's like, it's just, I don't. 
like a lot of there's a lot of really great music directors who like write stuff and they're just like so good at so many things and it just it doesn't have a it doesn't have the kind of spirit that like someone like Bill Finn when he sits down and he just like plays the piano and it's like all these horribly wrong notes and it's a big mess and it's the most brilliant thing you know that you'll hear when you're in the same room you know with a with a composer mm. it's like there's that and then there's these other guys that are and women who just like can do so many things and everything's so polished and it's just like yeah talk the things about the voice leading and stuff and and you got to be aware of rules and I'm always learning I'm always getting better. I'm practicing. I'm, I'm doing, I take it very seriously, mm -hmm. but there's something about what I did when I didn't know what the heck I was doing that mm -hmm. I'm always trying to hold on to. And to this day, why, I mean, I'm mostly a pianist, but I play guitar a little bit. I'm much less uh, capable on the guitar and I write some of my best songs on it because I'm limited because I'm mm -hmm. forced into a few different shapes and, and I can't go as many places. And it's really, really, really can lead to great things. So, and the piano is still like 40,000 times better than I am and it always will be. So I, I love the limitations and at the same time, when I wake up, I try and I go and I practice. It's the first thing I do and I'm constantly getting better and learning more, mm. but it's kind of a blessing that there's so much that is, that doesn't come naturally to me wow. and it, it's great. Wanna help you fix a jeep? Cause with girls there's sexual tension Putting a wrench into something that should be pure But when I ask bro how much you pension My masculinity is secure I got a man crush, I want the world to know it A man crush, baby, I'm you We'll hit Vegas and broke, you won't have to ask twice Dice. I got a man crush and there's no way to slow it You're always gonna be my boo A man crush, baby, on you And did, did um, William Finn, was he involved in NYU when you were there? Were, yeah, I know that he does some adjunct professing that. He was there, yeah. Yeah, and he teaches a class on composing. It's crazy, I can imagine what that class would be like. Did it's, you enjoy it? <laughs> it? It's something. It's, it's I, I loved it. It was yeah. probably my favorite, one of my favorite things there. Yeah. But he's, uh, you know, he's just refreshingly. Well, that that's the thing. He's refreshingly blunt and, and just kind of just says whatever. Uh, at NYU, it was like all these really great musicians and the faculty and the students. Everybody was so good. Mm -hmm. um, but then Bill Finn was like the god because he was the one. You know, he and Michael John Lacusa, who was also there, mm -hmm. they were like. They were like the ones who had who had these these real real successes, and there's other faculty who had a lot of success. But but there's something about Bill Finn, and he was you know he didn't read music, he didn't notate his stuff, and he just kind of was this raw ball of talent, and just kind of yeah, and just kind of like this crazy crazy genius. And, and it made me feel more comfortable because I was the one who was like still learning how to notate, still learning how to run the, the computer program and still trying to learn how to, you know, and, and I, cause my, all I hadn't, my, my, um, technical stuff hadn't caught up to my, to like where I was as a, as a melody maker. Now, now years later, it's all kind of coming together and I can sit down and notate a song overnight if I have to. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, uh, he was like. He was the the thing that made me think I can actually do this without being as 
as perfect and as, as all these other people because it's really intimidating because people are they're good our mm. classmates were good our mm. professors were good didn't he actually pull you aside at one point and be like, yeah because i was you? gonna leave and he's like well you know and he he was i don't know what he said he said don't write it out you know you don't have to write it out like oh, right you know your songs are good Amazing. He said something that was gruff and just really so simple, but kind of like life changing. Because I was like like miserable at the end of my first year because I didn't know if I was going to be able to write my thesis because I I just wasn't technically there yet. Mm. But I had to, I could do tunes, but I didn't know like if I could score it. I didn't know. And he's like, oh, oh, what are you talking about? You're great. Just like, oh, I don't know if those matter. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that that. Um, one of the things that I had learned in, in in undergrad, just kind of empirically. So I went to, to Yale for, for undergrad, and there are so many people that are just, that are, I mean, true geniuses. Um, and it can be, that can be also a very intimidating environment in its way, because mm-hmm. you're also, you're with people who are majoring in English and and uh, molecular biophysics and biochemistry <laughs> and, you know, fencing, you know, and, 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 you know, plus, you know, good looking and have, have wit and, you know, are great at cocktail parties, right? Amazing, and, yeah. and, uh, um, and there are, there are so many of those people, um, and, you know, and, and, and I admired, and I admired them and respected them and, and many of them were my friends, um, but, you also, and you also have, you also see people who are, um, who can only kind of do one thing with incredible focus and, and, um, and you, you sort of learn that, yeah, as Derek was saying, facility and richness are very different things. And sometimes they're almost enemies to each other. Mm. Sometimes the people who can kind of turn on all of their different skills never really say something that makes you stop and changes your life. Mm. Sometimes it's the kind of the oddballs who, who are a little more in their own world, who, who really, who've been thinking about something for a long time, who really make you stop and think. You're so right. Yeah. You know, we're talking about William Finn. My, my wife was in a production of Spelling Bee. She played Miss Pretty in the show. And I, every time I hear the I Love You song, I think, how did he even conceptualize that piece? I don't like, like, you know, you sit down and it, it's so, in the middle of that song, it's like another song. It's like, I don't even know how you think about those songs, but obviously it comes from that kind of place. Like Heart and Music or those tunes that you write, you go, like if I, I sat down to try and write this song, I don't even know where you'd start. You know, it's amazing. And that comes out obviously from a personality like that, where he... He lived, I, I would love to meet him and chat with him, but he's an interesting dude. But. I always enjoy, well, I enjoy plays and I also enjoy songs that are just on the verge of falling apart. <laughs> yeah. But then kind of magically hold together. Yeah. There's something, there's something so dramatic in that. Just Burst, from technical... Bursting at the seams yeah. is something you've said. Eleven stops on the subway Might not be worth making It means eleven more back home
But he said to come over Maybe we aren't finished We'll just keep a laid back tone That was just the first half of my conversation with Sam Carner and Derek Greger. Please join me next week for the second half of our interview. For more information about the show and guests, please visit our website at fromthepitpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram, at From the Pit Podcast. Also, please read and listen to more of Carner and Gregor on their website, carnerandgregor.com. With a great big In his city